Welcome back to another episode of the G&G Sports Podcast. I am your host, Peter Gumas, and we're here to talk about what's going on between the lines in the NFL, MLB, NBA, and more. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Aaron Gillette. Aaron, how does it feel to have committed a social gripe? <laughs> I had a feeling you might call me out on the pod. It was tough. It's a tough look. I came out strong last week on the pod with my, you know, calling people out for living in a society. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I we are human. I get people make mistakes, and I, and I made one of those mistakes this past week. Well, I can tell you from personal experience, when somebody has gotten into the express line, 15 <laughs> items or less, and I've been behind them and they have like over 20 items, I want to rip their fucking face off. So, <laughs> wow. so you having done that actually makes me angry. I, to be fair, I did recount and I was at 18 items, so it wasn't egregious. Okay, 18's different. I give you a leeway of a couple items. And a lot of it was like, you know, where if you if you have multiple items that are produce, where it, it's it's one of those kind of weird fine well, line it's a things. Bag, not, like if you have a bag of produce, that's, right? Uh, that's it, one. That's item, the item. So it was one of those things where it was like I wasn't egregiously over, but I was definitely over. And I, I'm, you know, I saw an empty empty uh, aisle i go for it the guy starts swiping my stuff and i'm looking at it and i go oh that definitely says express 15 items and then a couple of people get behind me and i'm like oh man i screwed up so yeah i, I messed no, up honestly though you should feel bad i do i felt bad i texted you in the moment i felt bad i admitted yeah, I, I admitted wrongdoing think it was that sincere that's my issue <laughs> like, I well, think this you is felt my bad. i don't think it was as i don't think you realize how serious of a social infraction that is no if i were the people behind me i would have been quite upset and yes, uh, this is my this is my sincere apology. I screwed up. I messed up. But once he was going, there wasn't anything I could do. If if the guy had said, "Listen, sir, this is the express checkout line," I would have been, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and I would have oh. gone on about my day. So I, 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 have, I I'd say I'm about sixty to seventy percent of the blame, and the rest of it's on the guy who's supposed to be enforcing the rule. Hundred percent. I have no respect for the person that doesn't enforce their own rule. Exactly. Fifteen items. Exactly. 15 I screwed items. up. I screwed up, but no one corrected me. So mm-hmm. uh, at that point, there's nothing I could do. Okay, well, there's that. <laughs> we're we're going to move on here to actual <laughs> sports, um, not the sport of making fun of Aaron for doing so stupid social things. AFC Championship game, Aaron. Yeah. Let's recap a little bit. The Chiefs started out down in this game again, 10-0. The, the Titans threw a little bit of a haymaker there early. Um, Chiefs obviously end up coming back and winning that game 35-24 to advance to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, three passing touchdowns, one amazing rushing touchdown. Yeah, for the ages. What are your biggest takeaways from this game? My biggest takeaways are for sure all on the Chiefs' side and how awesome the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes specifically are. And I really, for two years now, they've been the best team in the league. They slipped up in that AFC Championship game to the Patriots, but if D Ford isn't offsides or or if they win the coin toss and get the ball first in overtime, we might be talking about you know, year two on a dynasty as opposed to Side note, the Chiefs have in, arrived. Interesting new overtime rule that I heard today being pitched on the radio. What if you get five – it's like a shootout in hockey. Okay. But you get five plays from the five-yard line. So if you score five times, you get five points. <laughs> I, I thought it was a great idea, honestly. Anyway, keep going. I, I don't love it, but anyway. But I, I, think, I think for me the stories are much more about how awesome – 
KC is than the Titans slipping up or not having been good. I think the Titans yeah. had an awesome year and, and lasted a lot longer than most of us expected and have a lot of things to build on depending on what they do. They've got some huge roster decisions coming up this offseason. But I, I think the Titans – we were both texting each other going, how are the Titans doing this again? And then the Chiefs reminded us, wait, they're the Chiefs. They can score on a dime. You can do whatever you want. But what makes Patrick Mahomes so dangerous and so special – is kind of what we had a, the conversation about Russell Wilson a couple weeks ago is it's the unscripted plays and it's his ability to extend a play and create something, cr- not just something, but create something special out of nothing that makes him host so hard to scheme against and makes him so hard to keep under 35 points. And when he's rolling like this, it's hard to envision anybody beating him and, and he'll obviously have a fantastic matchup against him with the 49ers who have been arguably the best team start to finish for the NFL this season. But the, the Chiefs have been underratedly good for most of this year and really for two years now. Yeah, it was just kind of a funky start that they got off to this year. And I think that kind of set people's expectations back a little right. bit. Because going into the year, they were still – they were still everybody was saying them and the Patriots. Right. So it took them a little while to get there, but they ended up getting there. Yeah, and, and how good Baltimore was kind of threw people off their scent. Mm-hmm. And, and the story around New England falling apart was more the story than the Chiefs surging. And, yeah. and so they kind of somehow snuck in as the – I mean, they did sneak into the two seed, but they kind of snuck into the playoffs under the radar somehow, even though they've really, again, for the for the better part of two seasons now, been the best team in the NFL. Is Mahomes the best quarterback you've ever watched? It's too early to tell, but he's as talented as anybody I can ever remember, and it's right up there with that Aaron Rodgers conversation, peak Aaron Rodgers. People are a little bit down on Aaron Rodgers because he's – He's 36 now, but yeah. in the height of it, this is what Aaron Rodgers did. He extended plays. He made plays with his feet. He's pulling off Hail Marys. I think we've we've kind of maybe undervalued what Aaron, just how good Aaron Rodgers was. But, yeah, it's it's right up there. I mean, you know, Peyton, uh, you know, for us, the era that we watched growing up, Peyton Manning is probably, mm-hmm. um, you know, the gold standard for what a quarterback is supposed to be. But that was just all with his arm. And, again, what makes Mahomes so special is that he – figures out ways to get out of the pocket and make plays with his feet. And he's not a running quarterback the way Lamar is. I mean, obviously no one really is, but mm-hmm. he he takes what's given to him. And that's what Aaron Rodgers used to do in his peak too. But it's just mm-hmm. that that vision and the arm and the and the ability to extend plays. Yeah, it's pretty unparalleled. And and I said it on the pod last week. I think he's been the best player in football. And I don't really think it's a question. We go back to our quarterback ranking back in the beginning of the season. We both had him right number one for a reason. Uh, that guy is is the best player in football and it's really not a question and no he wasn't the mvp this season because he was hurt and he didn't get to play a full 16 games but he's the best player in the league so is this going to be the start of a chiefs dynasty at least Um, in the afc not maybe not super bowls maybe we're not going to see a team win you know like the patriots have over the last 20 years but is this possibly a start of a chiefs afc dynasty for, for sure it's possible and and the trick is you know they felt like that with the packers and with aaron Rodgers, and and we're still waiting for Rodgers to get back so you never know it's so hard to get to the super bowl in this league but yeah if you're an AFC fan like i am you're going great we finally got rid of the patriots but you're staring right at patrick mahomes at age what till like yeah. 25 <laughs> and yeah you're dealing just, with him for 10 to 15 just years figuring out his powers i mean the one thing that you know and this is more of a question for after the super bowl for us to discuss but they're gonna have to start paying patrick mahomes like he's the best player in the league and and that's mm. gonna force force them into a lot of roster decisions over the next handful of years that they haven't been dealing with right now and that's 
and that's and that's why this it, it got it has to be reminiscent of, of kind of that Seahawks run when they went to back-to-back Super Bowls where it was Russell Wilson on the rookie contract and they were able to do some other things around the roster but but yeah you you look at Patrick Mahomes and this is back-to-back AFC championship games in Kansas City that he got to play it's it definitely feels like this isn't going away anytime soon and he's so young and you got to think that he's going to get better and if he keeps staying healthy year after year yeah, his team is always going to be in the mix of it at the end of the season. Let's switch gears a little bit to the Titans. Sure. A lot of big decisions this offseason. Ryan Tannehill is a free agent. Derrick Henry is a free agent. Where do you think they go from here? Do you think that you know this was maybe a flash in the pan too, or, or are they going to be in contention there? What are your overall thoughts here? It felt like Henry is the more important piece because it almost felt – Earlier on in the season, the way that they were using Tannehill, it felt like they were trying to make it more of a quarterback-driven league. But then when they started getting their groove going, it really was all about Henry. So you almost wonder, you know, with Tannehill, is it is the point that it's Tannehill specifically, or is the point that it's we just need a game manager and a guy who doesn't turn the ball over? And if that's the case, then sure, you sign Tannehill on you know kind of a B-level quarterback contract if he'll take it. But like I think the guy, million. I think the guy you throw the money at is Derrick Henry because. The window feels like it's based around him for a couple of years. It feels like Derrick Henry is the closest thing we had to those Adrian Peterson years with the Vikings with when they did pair Adrian Peterson up with a quarterback who could do some things, you know, old Brett Favre, that team was a Super Bowl contender. So it feels to me like Derrick Henry is the one that if I'm throwing, you know, top level at their position money at, it's definitely not Tannehill. So for me, I'm trying to bring back Henry first and figuring out a good quarterback later because it feels like there are options. Now, the other thing with them is I believe they have two members on their offensive line who are pretty good. I think Conklin, their big guy there, uh, the big tackle, and I think one of their guards. Are, are you in the mindset right now of, of paying Derrick Henry, you know, whatever it is, maybe he's not going to take less than Zeke Elliott got, right? So Zeke right. Elliott got $15 million. He has Henry's got all the cards at this point, right? His team just went to the AFC Championship game quite right. literally on his back. Uh, he had a great run. So he's theoretically going to get, I don't know, call it somewhere over $16 million. Are you, maybe, you know, that prevents them from signing, you know, one of their tackles or, or keeping that O-line intact. Are you more of a sign the running back guy or a, why don't we try to keep the O-line together? I think usually I, I lean towards the offensive line, but I think Derrick Henry is the exception, right? I think he's been doing this for a bunch of years. He's uh, I think that the, thing that the only thing that scares you is the mileage. I mean, that's the funny thing with those those high school numbers everyone shows. It's like, man, this guy's been doing 40 carries a, a game for, for a long time now. But I think somebody's going to pay Derrick Henry. There are a lot of teams across the league that actually have a, a good chunk of, of salary available yep. right now, and and I think they're expecting the cap to go up a little bit. So if you're the Titans, it feels like it's easier to replace an offensive lineman you know, the, the gap from their offensive alignment to maybe the next best available doesn't feel as significant as the gap from Derrick Henry to the next tier of running backs. But then so, what's your peak? But then is your peak like what you just had? <clears throat> yeah, I think probably best case scenario that you're looking at is, I mean, again, like the rest of the AFC, you're staring at Patrick Mahomes and going, man, this Derrick Henry thing is great, but is it good enough to catch the guys who are in front of us? And, and what, if it's, what if it's Tom Brady or Derrick Henry? If it's Tom Brady or Derrick Henry, if you're if you're the Titans though, if you just get Tom Brady and you don't bring back Derrick Henry, is the offense good enough? Or you, do you, do you think AJ Brown and Adam Humphreys are enough to get 
get to get this team further pretty, than they got this I year. I mean, they're pretty solid. And I don't know. They still have Deion Lewis back there at running back. They can draft another guy. You look at the teams that are in the Super Bowl right now, right? A couple undrafted guys at running back. I think you can pretty much piece together running back more or less if you have the good offensive line. Maybe. But, again, the, the question is do you really think Tom Brady is is good enough at this point? I don't I don't know if he is. I don't know if, if you bring Tom Brady. I, I, I think Vrabel's a very good coach, and I think they did a great job this year. But he's not Belichick. And granted, Belichick wasn't the one running the offense the last several years. You know, obviously that's been that's been Josh McDaniels. But is Tom Brady really going to go to a new system at age 43, 44, whatever he's going to be next season and, and be a guy who gets you to the AFC Championship game? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to think about, though, because he is fully intent right now, it seems, on strong arm, strong arming the Patriots. And the Titans are a team that kind of makes a little bit of sense for him. They, you know, they have a Pretty good defense. The coach is obviously somebody he's very familiar with. The offense does have some skill, guys. You know, they, they do have some playmakers, and maybe they could sign Henry also. I don't know what their cap space is, but just an interesting thought there. Anyway, let's move it ahead to the NFC sure. side of the bracket here. NFC championship game. Niners pretty much rolled in that game, 37-20. Yeah. to 20. It wasn't really even as close as that score indicates. Let's start with, you know what, let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Wasn't great. Wasn't great in this game. No, he had a rough first half for sure. No, start to finish. Well, maybe I guess not the finish, but yeah, like you said, first half not great. Do you think this is the furthest he's going to get the rest of his career? I don't know. I think it definitely could be. If you're the Packers, you lean on the optimism of this was a new first. Fir- I think there's a lot to to build on. A lot of really positive stuff to build on for the Packers. I mean, first year with the new head coach, you know, Aaron Jones becoming you know a a pro bowl level player they need a couple more pieces and aaron Rodgers isn't going to be able to do it on his own anymore but for sure he's got the capability to make those big plays when he needs to like we saw in that seattle game and if they can build around some of these other you know if they can build on the defensive momentum that they picked up at times this year they were inconsistent for sure but i still think there's a lot of good years left maybe not a lot but i still think there's a few good years left for aaron Rodgers. so i don't think this is the last title game we saw him play in. I don't know if we ever see him in a Super Bowl game, but I think he at least gets the, this far back again. How about you? I don't know. I, it's, I'm taking the cheap way out. I, I would say no. If I had to lean one way or the other and you put a gun in my head, I would say no. I think he is a little bit on the downturn. He's 36 years old, going yeah. on 37, obviously. That's how math works. Yep. He's not getting any younger. He did look... I would say he started to look like his skills declined. He's not what he was three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. And what I really am interested in is if he doesn't get to another Super Bowl, doesn't even play, say he doesn't even play in one. Yeah. Is his career more or less a failure? It's really interesting. And I was thinking about this, and maybe we were talking about it off the air, but he and Drew Brees are in this weird spot where it's kind of – it's kind of like the anti Dirk and the anti Ovechkin, where where the single the single championship can validate your career at the end of your career, but if you get one early and never get another one, what does that what does that mean? And I don't know. It's weird. It's different. I mean, again, like the Packers when they won that Super Bowl, they had arrived too early. You know, they were the sixth seed. They had kind of snuck it in the playoffs, and then the following year they run it back and they go fifteen and one, and then all of a sudden. 
they don't sniff the Super Bowl again. I mean, they, they, they really the one that they sniffed was when they choked in the NFC Championship game to the Seahawks, but it was kind of marred by a lot of years of McCarthy seemingly underperforming with that roster. And, I, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, he was the league MVP twice and played some of the best football we've ever seen. And, and mm-hmm. a, a lot of those playoff losses, you look at them and it's like, man, they, he put up points or he got, he clawed them back into a game and then they just didn't get the ball back in overtime. So a lot of it wasn't his fault, but yeah, it definitely is this weird thing with both he and breeze where what, what do we make of the fact that they won one early and then never got back? Yeah. I, I, I don't have a comp I, in other sports. Even though, right, you talked about how his defense played in some of those games that he lost, and I think it was in the eight losses, his defense has given up 37 or more in five of them. Yeah. And in the other three, he led a, a game-tying drive and never got the ball back. And I and some of those were OT, and there was that crazy NFC Championship game. I think it was against the Giants where they had to get the onside kick, and they got it, and like they even got screwed out of that. So it is interesting – in that aspect, but if you have the best quarterback, like he's easily the most talented, right? Up until Mahomes, right? So say up until 2018 from when he took over in 2006 or 2007 until that moment. So for 12 years, including his prime, he was the most talented quarterback. Now, obviously Brady has the rings and he's the goat, but just pure talent. You and I've said it. He's the most talented quarterback. And he's only going to walk away having been to the Super Bowl once. Right. He's won one, been there once. I Maybe not for him personally, but definitely for the Packers. Like, that's an all-time failure. You failed to put pieces around him, be it head coach, be it defensive players, whatever it was, to get this. And even the one that he won. Like, he really put the team on his back. They had 15-whatever guys on IR that year. Like, he had to do everything that year just to get them there. Like he really has had no help. So yeah, and I think more in terms of the Packers, it's an all-time failure. Yeah, I, again, I think it's them and 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 you know Breeze. And you look at Sean Payton and has been and riding that Super Bowl appearance for the year prior to the Packers winning the Super Bowl, right? So I think what's really interesting is the only other comp that we have really is Peyton Manning, who who snuck out a Super Bowl win at the end. He did make another Super Bowl run when he still was healthy with the Broncos, and so mm-hmm. and Man- Manning went to four. But especially in the NFC where they're, you know, the AFC was just dominated by Peyton and Brady for for the entirety of Aaron Rodgers' career. But yeah. it was a lot of players who snuck in and out of the mix in the NFC yep. during he, that whole time. He had time. chances. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't in the AFC where he had Tom Brady every year right. staring him down. He, he was, was in, a, in a conference where he had a legitimate chance to get to the Super Bowl pretty much every year. Yeah. And then he made the playoffs. E- Eli, Man- Eli Manning made it twice in his career, right? Like there right. were there were windows of opportunity in the NFC that there weren't for a lot of franchise in the AFC. And yeah, I mean it's not like where you can look at Phillip Rivers and it's like, yeah, man, he had to go up against a wall of Brady Manning and 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 Roethlisberger every damn year. It's like Rodgers was probably the best quarterback in in every playoff game he's ever played. Yeah, probably. So yeah, it is again, and I think it is more of a testament, and it is a team sport, and and the reason that the Patriots are as vaunted as they are is a big part of that is is Belichick, right, and and how great uh-huh. he's been at creating teams, and the Packers just didn't have that for the bulk of Rogers' career, and you hope now that you can scrape scrape something together for him to have a little bit of a a second hurrah here, the way that Breeze has had one at the end of his career, and that's the other thing with this is that people are throwing that age number around. Rogers is five years younger than Breeze and six years younger than Brady or whatever it is. So those guys have figured it out how to how to get it going for another five or six years. So there's not 
you're, I, I'm not ready to write Aaron Rodgers off at this age. I know he's older and I, he doesn't look like he used to, but that doesn't mean he can't be extremely effective and, and lead a good football team. So if they can put the pieces together, I'm not ready to write them off yet. But but yeah, it, it's when you have an up and coming team like the Niners who look like they're going to be good for a bunch of years, and you have some other threats building potentially in that conference. It's it's. You got to wonder if this is the last one, the last time we see Rodgers. I don't think it will be because I think the Packers are one of those teams that's building right now. I think mm-hmm. I think this was a stepping stone year for them, and if this if the stepping stone is losing the NFC Championship, that's a hell of a stepping stone. So I think there's some optimism left, but for sure the window is smaller for them than it is for most of the teams in the NFC. Whose career would you take, Peyton Manning's or Aaron Rodgers? I, it's got to be Peyton. Peyton won two Super Bowls. He won four MVPs. Right now, that's that's double Rodgers in both of those categories. Sure. So, you, so you, you take Peyton. Even even if you discount that last Super Bowl, right? Because it really wasn't him. Yeah, and you know the the funny thing with Peyton is that he was labeled the playoff choker, and and he threw uh-huh. a lot of lot more like backbreaking interceptions he to did. end playoff games than Rodgers did. Rodgers, it was like he made the big play and then just didn't get his chance. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. he had Tom Brady to go through too. Right. I think the better question is, do you take Breeze or Rodgers? Breeze never won an MVP, but is stacking up all these career records. Both won a Super Bowl MVP, but that's the one for me where it's like, man, both of those guys set up their franchise for years to come, and then the years to come never came. I do think the dome matters in that argument. That's fair. If you're going off just statistics, because I think if you put Aaron Rodgers in that dome and Breeze in the cold weather up up in Green Bay, I think it's probably flipped a little bit yeah and again and, and, i think we're so trapped in the moment with rogers because the the legend of that guy when he was pulling off hail mary's like it was nothing in comeback games and yeah are things that we'll look back on with a little more perspective where we're stuck kind of right in the moment of it's been a couple of weird not so great years for him but the peak of aaron Rodgers was just ridiculous yeah it was i mean he was he's an all-time great no doubt about it but yeah. at the end of the day is accomplishments and achievements and accolades aren't necessarily where you would think or expect them to be given a, a man of his caliber. He has not won as many playoff games as Joe Flacco. Right. And that's an issue on, yeah. so, on so many levels. Yeah, man. exactly. That's on so I'm, many yeah. levels. It's, it's a weird, and I do put it's a, a weird good, legacy. I put a, I do put a decent portion of this on spending his entire career with Mike McCarthy. Cause I don't think Mike McCarthy is a great coach. I agree. And that's why I'm also laughing at the Cowboys. <laughs> you, know, that, you you can't win with Aaron like you can't get an Aaron Rodgers team to more than one Super Bowl over whatever it was ten years that he was there. Come on, right? Okay, so 49ers. Touch on them for a minute, I guess. Yeah, sure. We'll we'll do a big Super Bowl preview next week for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy G, six of eight. Huh? <laughs> what are you? Where are we at with this guy? I, I think I mean he's fine. He's a, he's more than a good game manager, right? But if they're running the football like that, then you don't need Jimmy G. I mean, that's what what Derek, that's what the Titans just pulled off with Derrick Henry. And and why would you have done anything but hand Mostert the ball when he was averaging ten plus yards a clip? <laughs> he, was, he had nineteen carries for two hundred yards at one point, and it was like the longest was only like thirty or forty yards. They were just literally every time they gained the ball was seven to fifteen yards, pretty much like clockwork. So why would you throw the ball? And the funny thing was. He actually hit some big passes early to Debo Samuel, and then they just were like, "Well, we don't need you to throw the ball anymore. We're up thirty points. Let's just keep running the." He, he went clock like a off. quarter and a half without throwing the ball. Yeah, it was like an. It was literally ninety minutes of 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 real time of real time with without him throwing a football, which is nuts. Insane. But no, I think it's a testament to how good that Niners 
front is and how good that team is in the trenches and the defense played great and got the yeah. turnovers they needed and and they just cruised i, I they're got a mu- they've got a much taller task ahead of them in, mm-hmm. in the super bowl i think and you know, we'll, we'll, again, we'll get into that next week. But to me, that game is going to have to be a lot more like that Saints game earlier in the year where Jimmy was slinging it around to give them a chance because you know, even as good as the Niners' defense is, that Mahomes is going to put up a lot of points in this game and, and they're going to have to do something to match it other than just running the football. Yeah, and again with the Niners, too, I know we talked about this earlier in the year, but just schematically, I mean, their run game it's is awesome. really amazing to watch. They're, they're running all the traditional – they're running trap, they're running power, they're running toss – they're running inside zone, they're running outside zone, they're running like pretty much all your classic run plays. And they're just doing it out of so many different formations and they're motioning this guy here and the motion in that guy there. And, you know, they got heavy on this side and they're light on the Like, it's unbelievable what they're doing and, and how they're creating kind of mismatches there on their front, in their front seven. I, I think it's, it's just, it's fascinating to watch. And I think it'll be interesting going into Kansas City because I think they probably have a mismatch in that category. But we can talk about that more next week when we do our super bowl for sure and preview. i'm with you and i hope uh i hope the ravens and greg roman are, are watching some film and stealing some plays out of that playbook to add to theirs next year but it's I, I, this is it's a breath of fresh air in the nfl it's two franchises that are getting their, really their first crack at a super bowl of, the, of this mm-hmm. era obviously they each have won them in the past the chiefs a very long pass to go and the niners we saw, you know, under the Harbaugh era, but even that feels like an, uh, you know, ages ago at this point. So I think it's just really cool to have. We said it early on in the season; the league felt wide open, and it was. It was wide open for a new kind of yep. wave of of star players and and teams to emerge. And we saw, you know, new teams kind of all season long. I mean, you know, even the Ravens with their early playoff exit were phenomenal. The Titans came out of nowhere. Uh, this Packers team was a very different Packers team. So really kind of all the teams that got down to the end of it were different than what we've seen, which has been, you know, Tom Brady forever. Yeah. And and then a handful of, you know, we got a little bit of a new wave last year with the Rams, but it really feels like kind of a new era for the league that's kicking off right now. And it's it's fun to have two teams that, you know, a franchise that hasn't won a Super Bowl in forever is going to win one, and, and that doesn't happen that often in the NFL. It hasn't happened in a while. So that it be, is a rematch of Super Bowl one, isn't it? If I recall correctly, no. Super Bowl one was uh, Packers Chiefs. Oh, okay. Packers won the first. I knew couple. it was one of the matchups. I couldn't remember which one. Yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, yeah, uh, this one. I, I'm not sure if did Montana beat the Chiefs. I don't think he did. The Chiefs haven't been in it since uh, Super Bowl four, so that's no. So that's definitely yeah, not true. So probably not. Yeah, so definitely not true. But yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, it's it's two historic franchises, but the Chiefs are historic in a sense where. It's, it very much feels like history because they haven't been relevant in our literally in our lifetimes. So, um, but you know, this might be the start of something big for them. But but more to come. Yeah. We'll, we'll take a week to digest and, and really get our thoughts in and look into props and all that good stuff. And, and we'll have a good one next week to to really dive into those two teams. So we're gonna switch gears here for a little bit. And we're gonna talk some NBA. We are pretty much right at the midpoint in the season, believe yeah. it or not. Uh, the season is gonna start to heat up. We have the All Star break right around the corner. About two or three weeks there, February fourteenth, and they, I believe they pick the guys on Thursday. Do they not? Yes, Aaron? yeah, I believe so. It's, I'm excited to talk basketball. It's been a minute for us. Yeah, it has been. So let's let's start out west as we like to do. We're gonna have a couple categories here, and we're just gonna go over and we're gonna talk and we're gonna see where it leads. So it's almost like it's a podcast. It is a podcast. <laughs> so let's start out. Biggest surprise team in a good way. Who do you have? 
for me, it's unquestionably the Mavericks. I don't mm-hmm. think, and and it's for sure it's about the team, but it's mostly about Luca. I think we expected them to take a step forward this year, but they are mm-hmm. legitimately looking like they can make a run in the playoffs. And Luca is must watch TV and one of the best players in the league right now, which is crazy because he's twenty and only been in the states for a year and a half. But it's uh, for me, it's it's really no question. It's it's how good the Mavericks have been and and how. They went from even, you know, at the, at the quarter season mark, people were kind of saying, ah, oh, it's a little too early to claim them as a playoff team. And now everyone's like, yeah, they're a playoff team. Can they get into the top four? So for me, it's the Mavericks. How about you? So I had two teams written down. I thought you would pick the Mavericks, but I did have them written down. The second team I picked was Memphis. Yeah. Memphis, I think we thought was going to be in the garbage can. Yeah. They're currently sitting at the eight seed, given they're only a half game up on the Spurs and two games up on the Blazers and, and Phoenix. But. Hey, if the season ended right now, they're a little over halfway through the year, and they're in the playoffs. They're not 500. Nope. But who cares? They're in the playoffs. John Morant is is absolutely filthy to watch. He had that monster dunk the other night. He's just making plays left and right. I love watching that guy whenever I get a chance. Um, It was looking like Andre Iguodala was going to be bought out, but now (laughs) they're in the playoffs. I don't really know if they can. Uh, So I I had Memphis. They were a nice kind of surprise team that is, is sneaking up on people right now. Yeah, we'll see if they can sustain it. The Spurs and, and Blazers are right there with them. So are the Suns. Yeah. The, it's a handful of teams for that for that eight seed. But yeah, I'm with you. I think Ja is is awesome. I, I didn't I, I guess, you know, I obviously we're not the two of us aren't huge NCAA basketball guys, but no. I, you know, watched a handful of get his games when he's in March Madness and leading up to it. But I just, I guess I'd forgotten or I didn't realize or he's taken a step up, but just how athletic he is. I mean, the way he plays above the rim, Super the, athletic. the ridiculous passes that he's able to make around his back. And, you know, he's one of those guys with eyes in the back of his head. It's, it's really fun to watch. And, and they, they might be onto something there. And, and that's, that's going to be fun to watch to see for many years, hopefully. But yeah, he's, he's explosive and, and just has run away with the rookie of the year conversation. I, I don't even know who else. Oh, yeah. would, I don't, I don't even know who else you'd put it in it and with him at this point. So yeah, it's, it's Memphis for sure is a great feel good story so far. Yeah, I think so. They're eight and two in their last 10 games that they've been heating up obviously as of recently, given those stats, I would say one other know, candidate but... before we move on though, Oklahoma sure. city. Oh, for sure. I think we had them kind of at like maybe nine or 10 preseason, like somewhere right on the border. And they're pretty firmly in the playoff picture right now. They're four and a half games up on that eight seed and, and five games up on the nine seed. Chris Paul is playing out of his mind. Yep. Um, one of the players in one of my other categories is on this team as well, so I'll wait to talk about him. But they've been playing very well. They definitely do deserve some props. Yeah, we thought they were going to be sellers at the trade deadline coming into the season, and it looks like they're buyers. Um, you know, yeah. I, the, the question of, you know, obviously is whether or not they think it's worth buying and trading away some of these pieces they've been acquiring or, you know, to sacrifice the future for right now. But, but they're, they're a playoff team for sure. And, and for a franchise that looked like it had hit the reset and tank button to be right Mm -hmm. in the playoffs and to be playing really fun and good basketball, they've got to be feeling great about, about how things have turned out. Yeah. CP three in the fourth quarter has been like absolutely unbelievable for them. Pretty much every time they get there, it'll be interesting. Like if they're in a series with Denver, who's a, currently the two seed and, and they're obviously tied with a few teams but 
I don't know. Yeah. I that could go either way in my book. I I really don't know. Yeah, the the Nuggets are such a weird team. They're, like, they their are differential a weird team. is only plus three point seven, but they win way more games than they lose. And yeah, and like it's just been such a weird up and down year. But like mostly up, but just kind of in a weird way. It's they're I, I just way. still don't have a read on them yet. And it feels like they're still meshing. And Murray's been hurt a little bit, banged up, and and they're still figuring some things out. But it's just been a weird year for Denver. But somehow they're sitting at the two seed. So. How about the most disappointing team thus far in the West? In the West, you know, I'll I'll leave Golden State out of it because it's injuries that that deal. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think the two candidates for me are Minnesota and Portland. Okay, I had Portland as well. Portland is still not out of it somehow, and it's been a weird year, mm-hmm. and they're just so beat up. I think you know they're still waiting on Nurkic. They lost um collins and mccollum was even out last night and it's they're they're just they've got a lot of injuries so it just doesn't feel like they're a year but minnesota like what's the excuse like if if this wasn't the year when the eight seed is is under 500 and you're not fighting for that spot like it's time it's time to blow this thing up like it's not going to be the the cat and wiggins aren't going to figure it out and be a playoff team like what are we doing at this point so for me minnesota this was this had to be the year that they're at least in the mix. Somehow they're not, and somehow they're not even sniffing it right now. So for me, well, it's Minnesota, Minnesota has been on a relentless pursuit of D'Angelo Russell now for about a year, <laughs> and I'm him. very curious to see if they get him. I don't think it makes them any better. I don't My think so either. On D'Angelo Russell, that he's not very good. Portland, I was watching that game last night against Golden State that went to overtime. Yeah. The game had 61, and my God, I, there was nobody else. <laughs> That team that can score a point. Yeah, it's bad. It was, it was uh, especially with McCollum out. Like, I'm watching that game, and I'm just going, please just keep giving Dame the ball. He needs to just shoot every time he touches it. And to his credit, he pretty much did, and he scored a lot of points. Yeah, but and we were texting they, during that game. Like, if it takes Dame putting up 61 for them to scrape out a win in overtime against the Warriors, yeah. that's not where you want to be right now. The Warriors have been fairly scrappy as of late. I will For say sure, that. but... It, it, yeah. yeah, no, I'm with you. They, they shouldn't be in those kinds of games, but they did pull it out. They are still in playoff contention. Minnesota, I don't know what they do. They're pretty content on not training towns anytime soon, from what I've heard. So you can't really trade Wiggins because his contract is pretty much untradeable. I don't really know where they go. They're going to end up in a situation that they had with Kevin Garnett and that they had with Kevin Love where they couldn't surround him with good pieces. And at some point, they're going to need to trade him. And Cat's going to get traded at some point. I don't know. It's not going to be this year. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's the year after that. But he's going to figure out that he, he doesn't want to be there yeah. probably sooner rather than later. I think so, think. yeah. So next one we have breakout player, Western Conference. Uh, for me, it's Luka. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. fair to call him a breakout player. But no one ex- no one expected him to be this good. Uh, it's, it's, it's nuts. The kid's averaging – practically triple doubles putting him up every night and and the the way that he's elevated that franchise so quickly is 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 what makes it a breakout to me it's just stunning I, we all expected him to be good and maybe like maybe be an all-star this year we didn't expect him to compete for the mvp so um yeah it's it's luca and i don't really have a, a second place but who who's on your list yeah, so I'm fine with Luca, and I had a feeling that you were going to say that, so I didn't use him. I think I know I who went, you're going to say. Yeah, I went with one of my guys, Shea Gillius Alexander oh, of okay. the Los Angeles Clippers. Who did you think I was going to go with? I thought you might go Devin Booker. No, Devin Booker's always been good. Guy put up 71 points in a game like his rookie year. Yeah, but against Boston when they weren't Still, even trying. But anyway. It doesn't. Okay, how many guys have put up 71 points in the NBA game? That's, 
I'm trying I, or not trying. It's fucking hard. Yeah, but um, if you go look at the highlights of that game, it is kind of dumb where it's like, Boston's were, up by 30. They, oh! they were down 30 points, yeah. <laughs> they were down a lot. It, it still doesn't matter. It's still 71 points in an yeah. NBA game. Like, And he's... Yeah, I think he had six. Didn't he have sixty a few nights ago too? I don't know. He's Maybe not. anyway, but I, I know I just knew he scores a bunch. So I, I was wondering well, if you were to call him because it, it feels like he's finally going to make an All Star team, and, and I know we're going to talk All Stars in a minute. But I, I, that's what I, 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 do, that, I can't but. for the life of me figure out why more people don't love Devin Booker. <laughs> it's it's probably because he's on Phoenix and he doesn't play on a good team, and people probably think he's like great stats, bad team guy, right? Which he definitely is benefits from that. But I watch the guy, and the, the dude can f and score. I don't. I don't know if he can play defense with a lick. I don't think anybody really knows that at this point in his career. But the dude, the dude can flat out score. Yeah, he, he can score better than probably ninety nine percent of the league. Not even a question. For sure. Anyway, but give me your SGA take. I cut you my off. My SGA. I like SGA a lot. I liked him coming out of the draft. I liked him last year in Los Angeles, and I like him more this year in Oklahoma City, where he is getting a chance to learn under the great Chris Paul. Uh, He's averaging 19.8 points a game, which is up nine points from last year. He's averaging six rebounds a game, which is up another three from last year. He plays really good defense. You can see he only shoots 34% from three, but he looks like he's coming along. Like, I just love his overall game. He's still only, I think, 21 years old. So I think in, like, two or three years, this kid's probably going to be averaging, like, 28 points a game. He's going to be the lead guard on the team. Uh, He's a guy that I would, like – Oklahoma City legitimately might be able to build around. I really like him. My other guy, a little under the radar this year, I wouldn't really say he's having a breakout year, but just a guy that I've liked to keep an eye on is Michael Porter Jr. Okay. On the Denver Nuggets. He's only averaging seven points a yeah. game. He doesn't play that much. He's, but he's when getting he plays, into a little bit, yeah. When, when he plays, he kind of pops off the screen a little bit. Like He does something every time I watch him play where I'm like, oh, my God, like I – that guy looks pretty good. Yeah, he put up 20. Know. You know, it's Minnesota who we said we're not impressed with. But yeah. he put up 20 and 14 last night, and it's a couple double-doubles now. He's He Absolutely. seems to be, you know, as he's going to get more and more healthy, hopefully, yeah. he seems like he's a guy who can play himself into being, like, an impact yeah. player in this league for sure. I think the, the ceiling sure. on that kid is still just phenomenally still really high, high for sure. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll use him. So th- those were my two guys. How about your most – I was going to – one more oh, candidate for you. How okay. Have we disrespected – Brandon Ingram in this conversation by not mentioning him. I think Brandon Ingram tenth is the, the most tenth in the league th- in scoring. I think he is the most big stats bad team guy. <laughs> he might be. He's, he's he done. Is. He's made I, a career of it. He has made a career of it. Uh, Kevin O'Connor is the big Brandon Ingram over Ben Simmons guy. Yeah, and I would love to see Brandon Ingram on a good team. I, me because too. I, I don't know what he is. He's definitely not what he is right now on one of the worst teams in the league. No. I don't I don't think he does what he's doing. If he's on a good team and if he's in a seven game series playing against guys, you know, every every other night. I I, I don't think he's being disrespected on this list. Okay. Fair enough. Just wanted to mention Do you? No, 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 I don't think so either. But I just okay. thought I thought it was he was worth mentioning. He's having tenth in the league is scoring. He's having a nice year. For, yeah, for a terrible team. Know, whatever. For a terrible team. Mm-hmm. Most disappointing player. I've got a couple of candidates. I mean, one is okay. is Mike Conley, who is a guy who, mm. <laughs> at the Good start one. of the season, I said, you know, I'm so excited to see him on a contender, and I think he's going to help Utah reach another level, and obviously that has not been the case. Um, but I think the two guys who are higher on this list for me are Russell Westbrook mm. 
And then Nikola Jokic, who's been fine. Is he on my list? Oh, yeah, he's on my list. I think I think the winner goes to Russell Westbrook, who's continuing to be just an atrocious three-point shooter. Yeah. And just this team was supposed to get better, right? It was supposed to be more explosive mm-hmm. than Chris Paul and this and that and the other. And they've taken a step back, Houston has, and really the main swap was Russell Westbrook for CP3, and he was supposed to spell Harden, and Harden was supposed to have to do less, and all those other things that we're seeing are not coming true at all. So I'm just disappointed in that Houston team as a whole and James Harden is averaging 37 points a game and and they're somehow sixth in the league so for me that comes on Westbrook but go ahead watching that team play basketball is an abomination to the game it's yeah it's awful I I can't I can't watch one of their games it is I I hate this new NBA shit with all (laughs) where it's just let's shoot a three every time because if you get 100 shots in a game and you make 52 pointers as opposed to 34 three pointers it's obviously less points i don't i don't like the style i I hate the style of basketball i think it sucks i really do they need to move the line back about three feet i'm dead serious the three-point line that's the only way they can they can fix this i think put that line back make make those percentages go down to whatever it is you know the league averages 35 percent make it go down to 31 and, and go from there and, and, and get a course correction on these nerd stats. I, I hate it. I really I, do. I almost, as opposed to moving the, the three back, I think what would solve it is getting rid of the corner three. I'd rather do that than move the top of the key back because I feel like that's where a lot of this happens because you can just hide a guy in the corner mm-hmm. and he has a ton of value because he can, no, make, that is he true. can make three points in the corner. So I'd rather get yeah, that's rid the high, of – I mean, that's the highest percentage right. three-point and, shot. And, that's the and, best shot in the game. Right, because it's the shortest three, and you can mm-hmm. you can stick a guy who's a good, not great shooter down there, and all of a sudden he's super valuable because he can make yep. that shot. But if he has to make the long three, he's not going to make them. So for me, that's where you would have to get more creative with offenses. If that shot's only worth two points – then it's no longer valuable and it, it reshifts the, uh, that that's sh- that chart that's going viral with how the shot selection used to be 10 years ago versus now uh, right not that it's uh, not that it's exactly the same but you know the whole three true outcomes of of baseball is is you know walk home or strike out mm-hmm. it's which it's, is which is how baseball is going right it's kind of how basketball is going right like the, uh-huh. the three true outcomes are a three a, t- a layup or a miss <laughs> Like, right. like, and it's not as, it's not as, it's not as there's, there's less, it just feels like everyone's either hucking up a three or trying to dunk the ball and there's no middle ground anymore. And that was some of what is the most beautiful part of basketball is, is the stop and pop and and the elbow extended jumper. And, and maybe we're being old and curmudgeon because that's the basketball we grew up on, but but it does feel like everybody, every, everybody and their, and their brother thinks that they're a a great three point shooter now and they're not. And exactly. And it's, and you get guys coming up the court and they're taking 27 foot contested three pointers with a guy in their face with 20 seconds left in the shot clock and a hand in their face and no passes. And uh, it's just it's really tough for me to watch. I still think, yes, like you shoot 50% on twos or whatever the average comes out to, but there's something to be said about being able to work the ball around, work a play, get an easy bucket, and get a chance at a layup and a foul. Like That's where those stats, I think, get a little flawed because they account for it in some way, but when push comes to shove in the playoffs, I do think you need that unless you have... Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant, who are three of the best shooters of all time. Like these teams are going to that strategy, but I do think in the playoffs, it's going to start to come down to who can take the ball 
to the house. If you can hit those 15-footers, I'm sure there's going to be more value in the playoffs. I, I just think it's going to come back around because I think the game, I don't know, I just I hate the way it's being played, and I think it's going to come back around, whether it's because of a rule change or because of something else. Yeah, that or they got to put let hand-checking come back into it or something. So Something. So Harden can't just get away with traveling and, and – popping his head up because he like felt someone touch his he's, chest he, re- and he really is the worst player to watch it's he's, it's he's frustrating so, he's, he's annoying to and watch. he's incredible and averaging 37 points a game in the, in the nba is ridiculous but yeah but he does it on a million threes and a million free throws which isn't yeah super fun to watch no it's not okay so one trade you would like to see in the west don't need to give me like specifics of contracts and this or that just give me a guy that you'd like to see on a team in the west you know, from a team that's probably out of playoff contention. Anyone instead of Kyle Kuzma in that spot on the Lakers. <laughs> it's get, okay. It's, Fair enough. It's been brutal. I, I, they just needed. And, and is he going through a grunge mode or something? Because I don't know what's going on, but he. They just needed Kuzma to be decent, and he's just mm-hmm. been bad. So I. Yeah, I he's been really bad. I'd like to see. I, I. I don't know if it's a Kevin Love reunion in in. Uh, in That'd be interesting with LeBron or something, but they just need that third option that they just don't have right now. Yeah. So, I, gosh, I just I don't know who I don't know who the answer is, but I, that's the trade I want to see is is and we're gonna see is like who do the Lakers land and whether it's instead of Kuz, Kevin Love. whether they I don't know if they can uh, offload Kuzma or if they can get Kevin Love, but it, it feels like something's coming there. And I, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm excited to see because the Lakers have been amazing and they're not at their peak yet. So it's mm. I'm excited to see what they can do if they can get a third piece there. Okay, I'm going to go and take Bradley Beal and I'm going to put him on the Mavs. Ooh, okay. I think that'd be awesome because you still have Lucas, the primary ball handler. You obviously have a, a semblance of a big. He's not a traditional sit-in-the-post big, but he's still a big in Porzingis. And then you get Bradley Beal as kind of your your third option, maybe even your second scorer. I don't know. I think you'd be awesome on the Mavericks. I don't know what the salaries are. I don't know how you make it happen, but I'm sure there's a way you can make it happen. I like um, it. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go a little faster. Here. Okay. In the general sense of the West, Lakers. Do you think they still think they're gonna cruise to the top seed here? They're four games up, like we said, about halfway into the season, a little over. Yeah, I think the Lakers are going to get there. I think LeBron recognizes yeah. the importance of home court advantage at this stage yeah. of his career, and I think they want it, so I think they're mm-hmm. going to go get it. So which team do you think gets the two seed? I still think the Clippers. I think the Clippers have been – they haven't they're been ti- – they're, they're, they're tied right now with yeah. it, with Denver and Utah, and Denver and Utah yeah. just feel like they're having weird seasons to me, and I know the Clippers have had some quote-unquote struggles lately, but – when it comes, when push comes to shove, they're going to want to. They're seven and three in their last ten. Seven and three in their last ten. Yeah. You know they they are thirty and thirteen without having Paul George for a good chunk of the season. I think they're going to find a big somehow that they can you know kind of to to spell some of those concerns people have. I, I like I like the Clippers to be the two seed. How about you? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to stick with them as the two seed. They're just better than Denver and Utah. Their their ceiling's way higher. Okay, our previous predictions, conference finals. Are you still holding strong at Lakers Clippers? Yeah, I think so. I think we when we did the preseason, we set ourselves up so that wasn't technically possible because we both had them around four and five. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think yeah. they're the two best teams I think in the league, um, other than Milwaukee. So yeah, I think I think it's gonna be those two. Yeah, I think so too. Barring some injuries. How about your All Star starting five, real quick, West? I'm going Luca, Dame, LeBron, AD, Kawhi. 
How about you? Okay, wait, say that again. Luca, Luca, and Dame are my guards. Yep. Then I'm going LeBron, AD, Kawhi. LeBron, AD, Kawhi. How about you? I went LeBron, Kawhi, Luca, Dame, and AD. So the Is same. The same. Yep. Is that the same? Yep. The yeah. same list. <laughs> I think this will be a more interesting conversation in the East because I don't know well, what think, to make of the guards. I think the guards. guys that you can think are so – you could put Harden in there, I think. Yeah, I Maybe. guess Har- you should probably put Harden Hard- over Dame, I guess. Harden over Dame or Harden over Luka, but it seems weird to, to not have Luka in I, there. I retract that. I'll put Harden over Dame. I think that's fine. I, he's averaging 10 more points than Dame is averaging, and he was the only guy that I wasn't sure on. And the Blazers have not been nearly as good as, as the and that's And that's part of it too. Okay, East Coast, most surprising team. East Coast, LOL. Eastern Conference. Uh, the most surprising team has to be the Heat sitting at, at the two mm. seed right now. I think we thought they'd yeah. be good, and we kind of, I think we penciled them in around like the five, six seed, and we're like, oh, I kind of like this I ha- roster. I had them at three. Did you have them at three? I had them at okay. th- by default, though. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I had them lower down, and I, I like what they've done. Yeah. I think Butler's been better than I expected, and Bam is, is, fun, is really fun, and I think that team's good. Um, so I'll go. I'll give Heat the slight nod over the Raptors, who I also thought were going to be trading at, at the deadline. So, Yeah, I'm going Raptors, too, because they've also haven't had Pascal in a lot of these games, and Gasol's been out yeah. for a number of time, and they're still sitting at the three seed. I mean, those the two through six seed in the East is very jumbled. They're all within two and a half games of each other. So whatever the standings are now, it probably won't be at the end of the year. But, yeah, I mean, I think Toronto's done a great job coming off that that championship yeah, run, losing obviously their best player. For sure, and they're going to actually get to defend it. It's not like the Cavs who LeBron left and yeah. they didn't get to defend their title. They'll actually defend it. Okay, most disappointing team, go. Disappointing team, I think, has to be the Nets. Hmm. Eight seed. Yeah, I think we thought they would be a little bit higher. Kyrie has been hurt for a while. And just a disaster <laughs> and off the court. And comparing himself to Martin Luther King Jr., <laughs> Terrible. which has to be one of the worst takes <laughs> I'm a takesman. That's ridiculous. I and I'll give the although as probably the re, the right answer here is Atlanta, but it's for me it's that like the Nets disaster is is pretty terrible. I'll tell you what, I I did have the Nets as the one number two Sixers question mark maybe <sighs> Sixers are they're up there. I mean they're four, they're up there. I they're think. they're you know a game off of the two seed. So well, it's, that, and that's and that's the thing we can talk about. We'll talk about that. A little yeah, bit, but. Um, the Hawks are just. A di- we thought the Hawks were gonna. We're gonna be f- again. They're like the Hawks and and the Timberwolves are kind of the same team for me, right? Like we thought this was the year that yeah. they take a step forward. They fight for the playoffs. Maybe they don't get there, but they're in the mix. And the Hawks are a disaster. Yeah, they are. I think. I don't. I don't know. They like we thought they might push. Like the I don't know if I thought they'd make the playoffs, but like we thought be they'd nine be, to twelve, right? Yeah, but they're only six games back of that. Well, they're yeah, but but they're getting smoked day in and day out, and and Trey Young yeah, puts they have up a nine point seven. <laughs> Trey Young puts differential. up a lot of points, but there are a lot of garbage time points. Yeah, I, I don't know. All right, most. Uh, I'm sorry, breakout player. Breakout player. I mean, when healthy, it's been Siakam for me. Mm-hmm. Um, He's on my list. Am I allowed to say Giannis? <laughs> Like, <laughs> no, you're not allowed to say Giannis. He was the MVP. I last know, year. but he's gotten better somehow, which is nuts. Um, I I think I'll stick I'll I'll stick with uh with Pascal. Um, I feel like other than that, it's been kind of a weird 
weirdish down year for me on the East with from like a player standpoint. And we'll get into yeah, that when we talk. We'll get we'll get into that when we talk all stars. But who are you going with? Your is is a thighball for you? Oh God, no! It should be though. <laughs> I went Brogdon. Okay, Brogdon's having a nice year. Yeah, he's, he's having a nice year. Seventeen point four points. He's up a few points, but he's looked better when you watch him. I think than his stats indicate, and I think he's been a large part of keeping the Pacers afloat because they're only half game back of the five seed. They're two and a half games back of the two seed, and obviously, Victor Oladipo hasn't even played a game yet. So yeah. they, they they're looking not terrible. Okay, trade. Give me give me an Eastern Conference trade. It's I don't I don't know what the exact trade is, but it's something with your team. And I, I don't know what it is, but there's just something weird about the Sixers team where they their best players individually are amazing, but they can't all play well together. And the problem with the trade that I want to see happen is I think it's you gotta get rid of one of the studs, right? And I don't think you can. But do, yeah, do I've heard that I've heard that floated around there recently. But like do we, And the logic makes sense, right? Because they're not the best fit with each other. Right. But you I can't, think it's probably the argument, but like you can't get rid of those guys. No, you don't. You don't. I think it's. It, I've heard more trade Simmons than trade Embiid. Although I've heard a few, maybe in like the last week when he's been out, like, oh, you should trade Embiid. And I'm like, yeah. Do you know what you get when you have Ben Simmons as your best player on your team? You get like the box, but not as good version of the box, right? And you because need- that's that's essentially how you would model the team, right? You get Ben Simmons and you get surrounded with shooters. That's right. that's your deal and. Ben Simmons is a third of the player Giannis is, and that's not disrespectful to Ben Simmons because he's a very good player. But maybe that gets you 50 wins in the Eastern Conference, but you're getting bounced pretty easily. So I'm like, I don't know if if tra- trading Embiid would be an answer for that. Yeah, um, I would agree. Can I, the Sixers get J.J. Redick back? I don't think they can get JJ Redick. I, I'm not sure who they get. I, can they get Covington back? That was my favorite. That was my favorite rumor. I, but, and I, I've heard that Sixers want to trade for Covington. It's like, like what? Thibel is Covington. Yeah, Co- like that was my favorite. Finkel rumor. is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel's a man. Like that's it's the same thing. I don't I don't see why they would want. Oh, I mean, I do see why because he's a three and D player and he's a valuable player. But uh, they need. I think they need playmaking on the ball more than they need even a three-point shooter, although they could use a three-point shooter. They're still shooting. I think it's they're, they're like the ninth best percentage in the league right now from three, which is surprising when you watch all their games because it seems like they'd be dead last. Yeah. Um, but I I would like to see, like, Derrick Rose has been floated out there. I would yeah. love Derrick Rose on this team. I think he'd be really good. And honestly, I think their best lineup is putting Horford on the bench and then getting – if they had Derek, like if they put Derrick Rose in the starting lineup, or even Thibel in the starting lineup, and put Horford on the bench, because when you watch it, Horford and B don't they fit. Just, they don't fit right. Yeah, they don't fit right. But I think they could fit right if Ben Simmons wasn't on the team. <laughs> like I think that I think it's more they don't fit well with Ben than anything. But they're not going to put Ben on the bench right. because defensively he is legitimately a first team All Defensive player right now. Um, so non so, non Sixers trade you'd like to see happen in the East. Well, I don't want to see any trade happen because it would hurt my team's chances. <laughs> if you but, were unbiased. <laughs> I still think it's the Celtics getting a big man. Yeah. I don't know who it is because the whole season it was Steven Adams, but they're not trading Steven Adams at this point. No. And they're not getting Carl Anthony Towns. So I'm not sure who's out there. Maybe like Dwayne Deadman is a serviceable one um, from the Kings because he apparently wants out of there. I think – I don't know. I – 
that they need a body. The Celtics need a big body because they're not going to beat Milwaukee. They're not going to beat Philadelphia with the roster that they have right now. They're just not going to do it. Um, who it is, I don't know. And I don't even know what the Heat or Raptors or Pacers would need or even if they want anything. I guess Chris Paul on the Heat, but, again, they're not trading Chris Paul right now probably. So right. I'm not sure. My Derek Rose to the Heat would be interesting. Yeah, and I'm sure he'd want to go there too. Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where Derrick Rose goes because Derrick Rose is going to go somewhere. Yeah, I think. for sure. Okay, so Bucks are definitely getting the one seed, right? They're eight games up. Yeah, they, no, they can pretty much start. They're going to cruise to it. Yeah. So five teams clumped together, two and a half games. Um, from two to, from the two seed to the six seed, who do we think is going to sneak out that two seed? The the Sixers are the most talented team of that group, but again, they're just this. It's weird. They're having this weird season. So it feels like one of those years where they kind of slip up a couple stretches and then end up as the three or four. I kind of like Miami, which I, I feel crazy saying because I, I, they also are streaky and weird and Jimmy Butler and crunch time down the season if he's not willing to play grid out the minutes that he has to and maybe he doesn't care to to get the two seed. So I, I think it's going to be Miami or Boston. I'm not sure which one. How about you? Um, I think it's either going to be... Miami, Toronto, or Philly. I don't think Boston's going to be there because I was listening to Boston Radio the other day, and they were talking about how the Celtics had had the second easiest schedule so far in the right, NBA. Right, right. And I think remaining, it's like the second hardest um, or something along those lines. And if you look at how they've played, they've been – I think they're – I know they drubbed the Lakers last night, but that game was, I think, more of an anomaly than anything else. Yeah, I think so too. Um, So I don't – I, I, they just they're they're not I can't trust them and I think I can trust those other teams a little bit more like Philadelphia we're sitting here saying how they've had such a bad season and Embiid has missed two weeks at this point and then he also missed some time earlier with an ankle and this and that and Simmons was in and out of the lineup for two weeks and Horford was in and out and Jay Rich missed two weeks and right. Bible missed two weeks right. and they're still only two games back of the two seed and they're having like the worst possible year, and Miami's having, like, their best possible year. So I I think that's optimism for them to get there, um, and they do have a pretty easy schedule remaining, too. But if I had to bet on one, I think I'd bet the Heat. Yeah, I, I again, I think if the Sixers are healthy and have it figured out, talent-wise, it's them, no question to me, but I just it just feels yeah. like the, one of those weird years. So I, I, I do think Miami's going to drop. I still think they're going to drop off at some point. I don't know if it's a – I think the know, answer is – Four out of eight or yeah. something like that, but – they're going to lose some games. I think the answer is one of these four teams makes a trade and or the Pacers get a healthy Oladipo and Oladipo comes back the guy that we saw yeah. and one of those teams makes a run. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, and and I, I don't gonna, think home court it's, matters. Yeah, it does matter. And I don't think it's going to be the team in the two seed. I don't think – I think their roster when they get to the two seed is going to look different than the roster looks right now. I think that's what it comes okay. down to. Fair enough. All right. So last two questions here. Conference finals, who are you going with? Milwaukee against fill-in-the-blank team, and I think Philly still. Mm. But it's Milwaukee, and I think Milwaukee's the team. I don't. I have a hard time seeing Giannis being stopped in the East right now. I, it would have to be the Sixers putting it together to me. So I'm telling you. I think it's going to be the, Giannis the, Sixers. I don't know if the Sixers beat Miami, Toronto, Boston, or Indy, but I can tell you right now they would beat the Bucs. I'm more confident <laughs> in them beating the Bucs. And more because I think the Bucs are – Phenomenal regular season team. I think you saw last year they came back down to earth a little bit. I think they'll come back down to earth a little bit in the playoffs. And I also just truly believe the Sixers have the bodies to throw at Giannis. And B 
was a monster on him in that game on Christmas. So obviously, if he's healthy, that's huge. Um, and they can throw Horford at him for you know ten minutes a night if they need that. They can throw Simmons at him for five or ten minutes a night. Like they have the bodies they can throw at him. I still think they win that series. It's just a matter of when it is. Um, but I would still pick the Sixers and the and the actually I'm picking the Sixers and the Heat. Okay. Because I think the Sixers are probably not getting up there. It's just going to depend on seeding. Okay. But if it ended now, I'm picking Sixers are going to be either the four or the five seed. They'll win that matchup, play the Bucks in the second round, and beat the Bucks, one. and they and then the Heat will do that. Will do their thing. But I would prefer to see that in the conference finals. I think yeah. it'd be more interesting. I think so too. Okay. Eastern All Stars starting five. Go real quick. Starting five. The guards are a mess right now. It's Bradley Beal, and then mm-hmm. I have him. I might go Derrick Rose, as crazy as that sounds. I okay. I hate the guards in the East right now. It's been a, just an ugly year, and, and I don't I don't know who to take. So I'm going Beal, Derrick Rose, Giannis, Embiid. Am I allowed to put Simmons in as a forward, or is he a guard? Then I guess that's the question. Because I guess if he if I get to put him as a guard, he goes over Derrick Rose. I guess, but I didn't put him on, but you could put him. I guess wherever you want. So. It is slightly positionless. Yeah, I don't know what to do with these, man. This is gross. I'm going Giannis for sure, Beal for sure. Then I think I'm going Jimmy Butler. That's what I put down. And Embiid. And Embiid's gonna be Embiid's right. gonna be there one way or the right. other. And then I think Derek Rose. I, I Derek Rose has I, been the I've second played, best guard in the East for me. So we have those. I think Beal and Butler are my guards, and then. And Bede's obviously my center. Giannis is a forward, and I put Siakam in. Siakam. I think Siakam is deserving. What do you do about Trey Young? Is he an all-star or no? Third in the league in scoring. Worst team in the NBA. In the East, is he one of the best 12 players? He might be, based on the stats. I I don't. I would really have to take – I didn't take a hard look at, like, the 12-man yeah. rosters. I would have to take a harder look at that. But just going off the top of my head – yeah, I've been yes. reading a lot of articles, and it's like, who do you throw in a guard? Do you throw in Kemba? Do you throw in? And this is where it's like, okay, so Trey has to make it because it's like, like, who are you putting in over him? Because that's why I, that's why I like Derrick Rose right now. It's like I think Derrick Rose has been one of the more exciting and better better all around guards in the East. By and I don't think it's particularly close. I think it's Bradley Beal by a mile. I think Beal's gonna be a starter this year, which he deserves. And then after that, do you go Kemba? Do you go Jimmy Butler? I guess you said Jimmy Butler, like Kyle Lowry, does he sneak in? I don't know what you do, but it's kind of a mm-hmm. mess. It's kind of a mess, and and there seems to be a talent void in the East right now, which is to be expected after they lost the two best players, arguably in the NBA, the last two years when they lost LeBron and lost Kawhi. But yeah, I think after Giannis and Embiid, there's just a real lack of star power in this conference right now. Yeah, I mean Kyrie is gonna make it. God, I don't. You can debate whether yeah, he should or not, but right. he's gonna make yeah. it because the players are gonna vote him in, right? It's tough. It's tough know. out there. <laughs> I mean, somebody, at least two players from the Celtics are going to be in, I think. Probably. So Kemba and. Kemba. Maybe Jalen Brown. He's having a really Jaylen good Brown's year. Jalen Brown's been our, yeah. I think I'd put him in over Tatum. But Tatum might make it, like, they might have three guys. The Raptors have to have someone. They'll have Siakam. Yep. Lowry might sneak in. He's snuck in a lot of Lowry years. Lowry may sneak in. Middleton's going to make it because he's the second best player on that team. That team's going to have two guys that make For it. For sure. Just based on principle, um, I don't know how many is that that we just named nine. Yeah, it's tough. So is, We're is he one of the other three? Like the Magic are probably is Vucevic going to make it just because they're a playoff team? 
possibly. Sometimes the writers vote that in because it's 25% of the writers. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It's real ugly. I wouldn't... Oh, boy. Levine, maybe? He's having a good year. Yeah. He has stats, at least, but you can debate whether he's having Right, a good and year. this is where we get into this weird spot where it's like kind of the best players in the East are on bad teams somehow, which is like then are you really the best player in, in that conference if your team is garbage? So I, I don't know what to make of, of a lot of this right now. But, yeah, I, all I all, what I can make of it is give me more Derrick Rose. I've been enjoying the resurgence. I can't wait until he's wearing a Sixers uniform. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> he's, he's honestly – a lot of Sixers fans don't want him, which I'm not sure why. But I want him. I think he's. I think he'd be perfect on their team. I really do. I think he can play with, with Ben Simmons too, which is the biggest thing. And right. They just need a guy that can go get buckets. The guy can go get buckets. Give me a guy that gets buckets. That's what I want. You got buckets, and we need buckets. Exactly. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's the show. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening, and make sure to follow us on SoundCloud as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. That's right. We are big time now and exist in more than just one place. So make sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes as well. It really helps out the podcast. And finally, follow us on our Twitter account at GNG Podcast and website gngsports.com for our latest content. Thanks again for listening, and make sure to check back in next week for our next episode.